Come on then, hurry up. You know, we've got about, what, 20 minutes? Before the England versus Senegal match starts, the World Cup match starts, excited. Also excited about what I'm having after that for dinner. Lamb Rogan Josh. Where's the Lamb Rogan Josh from? What do you mean, where is it from? It's from uh, Waitrose. No, where is it really from? What do you think? This is what, Buckingham Palace and you're interrogating me? Yes, where is it from, really? Okay, you got me. It's from the reduced style. Yeah, I thought so. Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. Now, a lot has happened in the world since we last recorded an episode two weeks ago. And, uh, well, the World Cup is one of the big things. Lots of things always happen, but anything specific to us or just... Specific to us, exciting, interesting things that don't happen every day. The World Cup comes around every four years. And the last time we recorded an episode, it was on the day of the opening ceremony. That's what you reminded me, right? It was, yeah. So, mercifully, England's still here, still playing, as you say. They're... Next match is about to begin very soon. We could have recorded this in two hours' time, knowing the result. Yeah. But then we thought, you know, we might be a bit depressed. We might as well be upbeat. Speak for yourself. You might be depressed. I'm not really that into football at all. But oh, you've been watching the cricket? Uh, no, not really. Kabaddi? No. Coco, if you must know. But Coco Chanel? Oh, please. Yeah, nice. Okay, so the... Sporting, big sporting event, of course, is the World Cup. But um, even otherwise, you know, I've had a last, I've had a couple of very exciting a few days, uh, work-related in a way. But um, Sanjay Leela Bansali, one of Bollywood's biggest directors, was in town, was in London. And give, give a little context for those who who are not familiar with his work. On top of my head, I would say Dev Das. Yeah, Dev Das, Khamoshi was the first one. Hamdil De Chuke Sanam. Big, big, big hit. Lately, of course, Guzarish, Savaria, Black. Many people also love, you know, Savaria and Black more than his other commercial hits. But lately, the trilogy with Ranveer and Deepika, which is Bajira Mastani, Ram Leela. Well, to be in the, to say it in the right order, Ram Leela, Bajira Mastani, Padmavat. And I think he's in town uh, to drum up support for um, Gang- uh, Gangubai. Gangubai Kathiawadi. He was at the BAFTA. Uh, doing a Sanjay Leela Bansali masterclass. This was last week. And it was riveting. It was fantastic. I got a last minute invite. So I'm not quite sure if his visit was planned at the last minute or they tried to keep everything hush hush until the last minute. But I got an invite at the last minute and I'm so grateful. And it was fantastic. It's not very often that you have a director of his caliber sit with an audience, watch clips from some of his big films and explain the backstory, give you the context, tell you what he was going through in his life, in his career, why he made it the way he did, what was happening behind the scenes with some of the actors, how they conceived certain scenes, how they executed certain shots which have now come to become iconic, to hear it straight from the horse's mouth as it were. Absolutely fantastic. And you met him twice. I met him twice because I also had the honour, and I would call it an honour, to interview him one-on-one at the Savoy. Now, sadly, I can't reveal any more than that at this point because all of that is embargoed for another few days. I'm sorry. Sorry, are you giving these starry vibes to us? No, I'm not giving starry vibes, but you like to point out that, oh, you know, we've got such a loyal and wonderful fan following across the world in so many continents. So obviously, if I've signed an embargo which says I can't talk about the details of that one-on-one interview until the 7th of December, then... I'm afraid, my wonderful podcast listener, you will have to wait until the next episode. Oh, you mean your lips are sealed? My lips are sealed. But it was a hint, hint, hint. 
it has to do with music let's leave it at that it has to do with uh, not with film but with music um so yeah it was it was fascinating and you know kai baar log kehte hain ki when you meet your heroes or you meet someone who is so famous you know sometimes you're bitterly disappointed because the reality doesn't match up to the image but never, i think never meet your heroes never meet your heroes but i think in this case i was pleasantly surprised because a i didn't know what to expect because he's a man who's quite media shy you don't see too many interviews with sanjay lavansali he's quite outspoken i love that and he's got a wicked sense of humor which is fantastic so um it was it was fantastic i can't actually talk about the subject of the interview but i can tell you that it was in one of london's iconic hotels on the south bank on the north bank actually across uh, the river from the south bank the savoy again a hotel that you like to talk about a lot why because you apparently worked in a hotel not far from there during your hotel management days i trained at the strand yes yes so it was fantastic he it was one of those suites that you see i actually worked for a little while i mean a very brief while in simpsons on the strand which is owned by the savoy by the way yeah which is a tea shop right where people it was quite it was the place to go and have afternoon tea it was a tea shop uh, what do you think what do you call it a tea, sal- tea salon what do you what are they called where people go to it was a very tea. it was a very upmarket restaurant for afternoon tea yeah that really wasn't a tea shop yeah you know what i mean like you know it's what wasn't exactly the ritz or the uh the what's the other one on piccadilly it is the ritz no the one on piccadilly the famous one the, the one, ritz the one which right has a green park it's the, the one which has a royal warrant where people go to have tea the one which is green on the outside I have no idea what you're talking about. Jiska jute bag aapne mujhe khareed ke diya hai. That that that's not a hotel. That is a that's Fortman Mason. Fortman Mason which is where having tea is very famous is what I'm saying. If you don't go to the Ritz it's not exactly Simpsons on the Strand not exactly Fortman Ma- having tea at Fortman Mason but it was in its glory days I'll give you that. It's for all the politicians just this. For all the politicians would be. So that was quite an exciting thing. Um also I spoke about this the last time as you reminded me my NFT my non-fungible token is now out it's a collaboration with a photographer and painter and a pianist and it is our homage homage tribute call it what you will to 50 years of pakiza which is an iconic film kamal amrohi kamal amrohi meena kumari well anyone who loves their bollywood classics would know what i'm talking about so how do these things work someone has to pay you in Uh, get the hep word I'm going to use now. Someone has to pay you in crypto. Well, I'm not quite sure. So it is a tangible piece of art that he's uh selling for a sum. What I do know about NFTs is it's a one-off. Yeah. Once someone buys it, it's theirs. Yeah, it's a one-off and obviously it is not it is not tangible. So it stays online. But after that they can do what they want with it in the sense that they could use my narration, they could use his painting, they can use the piano piece separately and I'm not quite sure how they could reuse or recycle but it's entirely their property because they will pay for it for this one off so no copies should ever it is like a van gogh i suppose or a picasso you know if copies emerge anywhere in the world then you know it's a fake because only one was made so it's quite it's quite i the only reason i agreed to it was because a it's collaborating with people i adore b it's a film that i love c it sounds very hip and new you, th- you thought you want to get on there 
NFT ladder. NFT ladder. Not knowing what the ladder is or where it is leading. But uh, those of my friends who are into crypto and who've, those who invested in heavily into crypto were telling me, oh, beware of these things because no one really knows how safe they are as an investment. I said, well, all I have invested in is my voice because this is something we were just trying out. But obviously, once it's sold, then we're all going to be getting, I don't know whether I'm getting paid in bitcoins or actual money. I have no idea. But it is what it is. Who knows, you might get paid in coins and bits. Yeah, and that, bits. That, could, that is a possibility as well. Um, what else? You were quite affected by the news that uh, one of your favorite bands lost a member this, this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. It was um, Christine McVie hmm. from um, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. The reason why I was really affected is not because everyone loves Fleetwood Mac. Hmm. Yeah? And just to give context for those who don't know that um, there are album Rumours, hmm. was it like 77? Uh, 1977 sold 100 million copies and what made it astounding was the fact that everyone in that band was fighting with each other. Hmm. Uh, Christine McVie was married to John McVie. Hmm. They kind of split up. Lindsay Buckingham was married to Stevie Nicks. They were splitting up. Hmm. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, it's a bit like... Uh, it's a bit like... Fleetwood Mac is actually named after Mick Fleetwood, the drummer, hmm. and John McVie, the um, bass player. It's a bit like Faulty Towers, as you always like to say. Oh, Connie Booth and John Cleese. Hmm. Yeah, they were also fighting when they wrote that iconic sitcom. Hmm. But uh, so that's what made it really great. But I w heard a song called um, I'd Rather Go Blind, as you know, when mm. I first learned. Etta James. Etta James and Rod Stewart. When I first learned how to play the guitar, that's one of the first songs I learned. Mm. And the version I used to hear the most was by a band called Chicken Shed. Chicken Shed. Mm. No, Chicken Shack. Mm. And chick I actually went you, to you, what? you went to see I, them. I went to see them in concert. Ah, ah. And the lead singer of that band was, mm. she was then known as Christine McCoy. Christine Perfect hmm. then she joined Fleetwood Mac hmm. so I've always loved that song I've always loved her voice hmm. it's one of those bands that I know very little about of course I know all their big hits thanks to you but everyone uh, knows their songs you no no I know uh, yeah I know those songs but I think it's one of those bands which gets talked about a lot also because as you're saying of the personal history the behind the scenes of what was going on in the band at the time when they rolled out some of their biggest hits and I was never quite sure whether there was an, they were an American band or an English band you tell me that it was actually an English band huh. started off with an English band with Peter Green hmm. but uh, after a couple of years they weren't that successful abroad then hmm. they, they hired American hmm. uh, I, I don't know if they were married, married at the time but they're going out with each other hmm. they, they hired um, Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham so did their biggest hits and come then, only when they made and, then, to America? and then all that East Coast hmm. sound kind of music happened hmm. and it became huge another piece of news from the world of pop music rock music not rock pop music I suppose big news is that Elton John is as we already know he's doing his he's winding up He's, uh, yeah, do you think he'll actually do his, his last ever tour? He's doing his farewell tour because I'm sure he's getting on a bit and it takes a lot out of you, right? Performing live. I mean, and he's done it for years. He's done it for years and years and years. So this is his formal goodbye to his fans around the world and his biggest goodbye. The, as Glastonbury said, it is going to be the mother of all send-offs. He's headlining the pyramid stage at Glastonbury next summer. Glastonbury yes, yes. Elton John the tickets sell out in like some thirty seconds or forty seconds or some ridiculous. And this record. year the, the the price for tickets is unbelievable. Is, is it five hundred quid or something like it's that? Three something. Three something. And no, as in if you're glamping and all or even staying over, I'm sure it all comes to nearly five, six hundred quid a ticket, right? Sure, yeah. 
so uh, so yeah but i can imagine a lot of people paying that money to watch elton john perform live for the last also time also everyone in the world has seen him perform he's performing non stop for the last 30 which years which brings me to my next question do you remember the time when about 5 6 years ago maybe even longer when we saw another one of your favorites live at a jazz concert uh, i'm talking about um, blowing in the wind bob dylan oh yes yeah I remember seeing I felt I've seen a bit cheated. Dylan. I've seen Bob Dylan a few times, yeah. I know to be able to see to be able to say to the world that you've seen Bob Dylan live is a very big deal, especially if you're a music fan. But I was thoroughly cheated because a you know he doesn't allow the cameras to pan very close. So you always see these long shots of Bob Dylan on stage. Yeah, but picky. Yeah, and B, I mean this was ah Maybe in his prime he was a force to reckon with and he he's wrote still, these songs that still, meant something to a generation but now he's past his uh, sell by. Do you really want to see an old man with a guitar just you know roll out some songs that people somewhere in the world identify with? I'm not sure. Well, right I hope here. no Bob Dylan fans are listening to this podcast. That's no, with due respect say. to what he gave to the world and with due respect to what he means to not just uh, music but to the politics of the world as well, right? He's the one who really galvanized nations when he spoke about wars and injustice and this and that i'm not taking that away from you know, all i'm saying is should you be gigging live when you ought to be sitting at home tucked in bed with a hot water bottle enjoying the football don't ask me ask mick jagger yeah that's true actually uh, you know oh, that's talk, another fantastic talk, concert we saw talk, mm. you're talking about elton john mm. the one of the very first concerts i ever saw mm. in my teenage years uh was uh, called wham the final it was their final concert across the road here in wembley mm. And Why was it their final concert? They were splitting up after splitting that. Up, they're splitting uh-huh. up. They're just, just going it was still very early in their careers, right? Yeah, it must be 86, 87 uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. And um Elton John came on dressed as a I think as a chicken or something. Mm. And oh, played, don't let the sun go down on and me. And they played don't let the sun go down on me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I remember that one very first. Wasn't that a so solo hit with George Michael, right? That's it was probably a wham, right? No, that's probably why he came why on. Why he came on. Huh. But this happens a lot in con- uh, at concerts here, right? When you suddenly have a surprise act who's just as famous as the main act. I'm getting my hopes really high now because next next week as you know I'm off to see uh, one of my all-time favorites Bob Dylan. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Uh, Bob Dylan's on your mind, I see. Yeah, Brian Adams. And uh, I'm very excited. And of course even if it didn't have any other star surprise acts, I'm perfectly happy with just you know, Brian. You know, I'll Adams. tell you one where the surprise act was um, kind of blew me away. Mm. Uh was um around the same time in the late 80s we were teenagers we went to see some concert I think it was Free Nelson Mandela. Mm. Every star you could name was there. Before my time. Okay. Every star from Sting to Stevie Wonder to whoever whoever ah. was there. And it finished with um Dire Straits. Mm. But the Dire Straits uh, guitarist mm. He, he he wasn't able to come that day i think his wife was giving birth mm. so they substituted him with eric clapton oh my god so they had one dire straight song one eric clapton song mm. one you know that way and that's the kind of substitute you want where the substitute almost threatens to overshadow the main act but then i suppose they're both equally famous with their own set of fans eric clapton by the way has famously retired right from live live concerts he's become quite a cranky old man now as well he has man morrison has become cranky Yeah. Phil Collins is retiring. Hmm. It's all happening now. Yeah. But away from live gigs and farewell concerts and all the rest of it, 
It is December. We're into December. Uh, Christmas month. Do you think that this year has gone very quick? Please, that's something everybody says this time of year. It hasn't gone any quicker than any other years. And uh, that's how it feels like at the start of December. Because suddenly you wake up to the fact that, OMG, this time next month, 2023. Oh, yes. 2023. Yeah. That's a big year for us. Why is it big? We're not going to... Oh, yeah, for please me. Please don't start that story. For me. For oh, me. Yeah. But uh, it's a big year for me. It's a big year for our eldest son. And Have you ever been able to say that thing without linking your eldest son no. to your big birthday? No, I'm to, not. I'm to not. the fact that he'll be going away to university. Exactly. There are two things which are, one is happy, one is tragic. I'm happy that I'll be 50 next year, which is something I'm extremely grateful for. And I'm sad that uh, we'll be one man down, one kid down most of the year, uh, unless it is... He's uh, home for, for the holidays. You have no idea how um, students work in this country, do you? No, I'm sure they work the same way that we do in India. He'll be coming home every couple of days with his washing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Whatever, as long as, he, as long as he does, I'll be happy. But. Uh, oh, oh, he'll go my style and not wash for two, three months. No, please, I hope not. And just disappear, then kind of leave the country and disappear into another country, mm. which is also something you've done many times. Um, so December and I see that you are extremely fussy about having the advent calendar out and having the decorations out and the tree out I think if your kids are not in primary school you don't have to do it on the 1st of December who's doing it for the kids that's your first mistake yeah and then traditions are traditions no please nobody has the Christmas there is you can't have the Christmas tree out there's no rule that says it has to be up on the 1st of December I know there is a rule that it has to come down by the 5th of Jan that I follow, that I respect. But there's no rule in the book which says the Christmas tree has to go up on the first. That is purely to keep little kids entertained so that mom and dad can just, you know, say, Oh, look, Santa's coming. Oh, you better be good. Oh, you better eat your Brussels sprouts. Otherwise, you're not going to get your present. That's only for that. I think our kids are well past that age. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. First of all, it's quite important to keep Santa happy. Number two, yeah, we course. need that tree up as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll have it up. Don't worry. I'm not watching the England game, so I'll be busy probably finding the baubles and doing other bits and pieces. But uh, it would be quite interesting to see which way the match goes. I mean, let's not forget. The, oh, good job. You reminded me. It's going to start, I think, in about eight minutes. Very soon. And the last time, the last time England were in the finals of a big tournament, let's not forget what a shame our football fans brought to this country. All around the world, people couldn't stop talking about how disruptive and aggressive they were in the stadium it wasn't a world cup i agree but the last time they were the in euros a, the euros they were in a position to win anything big so let's hope everybody's learned their lesson and that we are going to be absolutely calm even when we are in this position which i think it's about time we are in right there's nothing wrong with putting a flare up your backside isn't that what happened in leicester square <laughs> okay that's for another day i think it's time for us to wrap up now and uh, say bye-bye we still have one more podcast to go before we say bye-bye to the year so i'm sure we have a lot of reflection to do a lot of lif- reflecting to do. We have to think of the best bits, the best things about 2022, things that we're looking forward to next year. And, uh, and yeah, things well, like that. You run out of things to say. Yeah. Bye-bye, both. Take care.
before we uh, see you for our next episode which will be in two weeks time look after yourself thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting us it means a great deal to us we don't have to wait for our new year speech to say how much it means to us to see our analytics every week that is what fills us with delight have an amazing december we'll catch you in two weeks bye bye now